Okay, welcome to the duct tapes. Quack quack. Big whoa, double double down because we have a excellent episode, so it deserves two quacks today. Like two new, two good ones in a row, man. Like yeah. this guy was awesome. It's it's not it's rare for us. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're on we're on a streak, two in a row. Um, today we had on Chris Coyer. Oh yeah, founder from, of CSS Tricks and co-founder of CodePen. Right, co-host of Shop Talk. SVG wizard, though he he denies it, but uh, he, he we managed to talk about it for like half an hour, yeah, so yeah. definitely has the tricks. Because I think SVG is a is something that at least for me is uh, confusing. I don't know, like thinking about something it as an image too. that you code. I, I don't know. Yeah, I I never really worked with it before and tried recently and got confused. So Chris helps you straighten that out. We talk about lots of stuff. Especially lol dads. Yeah, lol dads. Make sure you stay tuned to the end, guys. <laughs> yeah, to try and, yeah, we we sort of get to the bottom of what it means. Um, but yeah, stay to the end to listen. But yeah, great episode. Check out his podcast after you listen to ours. Yeah. Okay. Um, and see you afterwards. Hope you enjoy. I guess we'll just start now. So thank you very much for coming on, Chris. Awesome to have you. Absolutely my pleasure. <laughs> I noticed the uptick in energy as soon as we were live. Yes. <laughs> Beforehand, <laughs> he was falling asleep. So, uh, Chris, we wanted to have you on today for a couple of reasons. Um, myself, I am just getting used to working with, well, I'm just starting to work with SVGs. I would say I'm nowhere near getting used to it. And huh. I understand that you're somewhat of a, an SVG guru. I watched one of your talks about it and instantly realized I didn't know what I was doing because I thought that it was just another image extension and didn't know that it was code in there. Mm. And I was completely thrown off. <laughs> so, I mean, well, is it, it a language? Like, what do you call it? I mean, is it just a, an image I mean, file? I, I don't even know that I am an expert. I did write a book at one time about it, which kind of makes me, you know, it makes me more know more than the next person. But the whole vibe of the book was like, you don't have to know all there is to know to like have extreme benefit from this particular language, you know, mm -hmm. <clears throat> it's just a vector format. So if all you ever learned about it was that you can use it on websites and all you do is, you know, you use like IMG source equals, you know, logo dot SVG, you mm -hmm. don't need to know that much more about it than you would a JPEG or a, you know, PNG or whatever else it's still useful it's still a really small file size it's still vector it still renders really nicely you know that's pretty cool and that's kind of the point i try to make in the book and then i was like well if we learn just a little bit more we can do a bunch of cool stuff like make an icon system mm -hmm. and you know maybe maybe not be afraid of looking at the code inside that image and occasionally that's useful for certain things but it's a pretty short book so it doesn't have that much time it's not going to talk about every single one of the really detailed powers that svg has it has some really complicated stuff in it uh -huh. like you can you can hand write svg filters that do all kinds of amazing stuff i've seen people make like rippling water and full video games in one what? svg and uh, there's just all kinds of fancy stuff that it can do that's cool and all but I feel like day to day, what I use it for is like some icons and a logo. I'm actually really interested in like game development and game design. So hearing mm -hmm. you say that sounds super cool. And I was I wanted to ask like about SVG animations in particular. I don't know if there's like 
a best practice way of handling them or if there's like a tool or library you would recommend but that would be really cool just like like a practice project for myself or something on the side sure i mean the video games thing is like it wasn't a joke but it's a little bit of a joke and that (laughs) and that it's doable but on the web if you're making video games i find that like the vast majority of video games that run in a web browser are made with canvas and javascript i don't know Mm -hmm. you know which is in a weird sense is kind of like an svg alternative it also is an api for drawing stuff on the web so you can Mm -hmm. like have a canvas and say go to this point and draw a circle and then make it red and you know all this same type of stuff that you can do in svg and svg instead of it instead of like issuing instructions like a javascript api it looks like html there's a circle element with like angle bracket tags that says like draw a circle at these coordinates and make it red so like the the distinction there is not that far off you know they Mm -hmm. can kind of do the same things but Canvas isn't vector. It's like you draw pixels, whereas SVG <laughs> right. ends up as pixels, but it's like it's coordinate system. So if you were to then like grab that SVG and scale it up 10 times, it's going to render beautifully. Like that's kind of the point of vector art, you know, whereas Canvas is not like that. You're, you have to draw things at very specific locations or whatever. But, the, you know, they both have pretty distinct advantages and disadvantages you know like you wouldn't never make your icon system out of canvas it just doesn't really make sense it's not like that uh and you probably wouldn't make a game in svg believe it or not you know (laughs) usually game usually the performance of canvas is just better for stuff like Mm. that there's a lot more stuff moving around and you know the kind of the performance of canvas is just better for that type of thing so if you're gonna like you know workshop yourself up with svg a video game probably isn't the way to do it, unfortunately. Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was wondering, too, like, what what is, um, I guess, in your opinion, or maybe you've come across people, like, trying to work, like, in the middle of, like, pixel images and SVGs. Like, where, where, do, where does the usefulness of SVGs stop, like, absolutely? Like, will, and when do you mm. want to do your best to try to, like, keep using them for performance reasons or... Do you come across yeah. that a lot, or is it pretty clear-cut? <laughs> That's a great question. It's not... It's There is a pretty wide swath of gray area in the middle where right. you, like, want to <laughs> use SVG and then, like, can't for some reason or another. You know, okay. like, there's, like, a... There's, like, a... Uh, one that I like to think of is, like, you ever go to, like, a stock photography site and you're, like, I need, like, a graphic of a tree or something. And mm-hmm. you're, like, oh, yeah. cool. So you're, like... You know, you look for it, and you you're like like the illustrative style. So you find a picture of some oak tree or something. That's that's vector. That was you know created in Illustrator or whatever, and it's like it's got a trunk and like twelve branches and like there's twelve sub branches off those sub branches and there's leaves all over the thing. And you and you download the thing and you're like, you know what? This is vector and it looks good as vector. It I'm there's no doubt why the original artist designed it as vector but to use it on the web as it is it's kind of humongous like there's tens of thousands maybe hundreds of thousands of vector points that make up this thing the file size when i downloaded it from that stock photography site is 
23 megabytes or something. With, you know, <laughs> or, or well, yeah, that's not uncommon. And it doesn't mm-hmm. matter in yeah. some context. If you're using that on a brochure because you're working in InDesign to send to your printer, who cares what the file size is? But on mm-hmm. the web, we have to care. Like, that's a big deal. And you're like, I want to use this tree in the footer of my website. But it's like, even when I optimize it, it's like a couple of megabytes. Uh, no, you can't do it. Mm-hmm. Like, that's you've failed. Like, unfortunately... It both makes sense as vector and should be used as vector when you can, but it's too complicated. So you have to kind of be like, well, that sucks. I guess I'll just make a JPEG instead or whatever, you know? Do you think file size is like a good cutoff point then? Like if it's going to be a smaller, more performant file size to use as an SVG versus like a JPEG? Is that how you make a a decision? I'd probably like stay in SVG as long as you absolutely possibly can until it gets crazy and then you just have to uh, abandon ship, you know. But that's just for like, so that tree is just sitting there in your footer because you're like, oh, cool, there's a cool tree design in the footer of my website. (laughs) But like, do the, is the plan to be able to hover over one of those leaves and have them change color? If Mm. that's the plan, you can't use a JPEG because a JPEG can't do that. You, you can't tell when you're hovering over a particular leave in a JPEG. So that's out. So what do you do now? Uh, I don't know. I guess we're back to SVG land again because each one of those leaves probably is a path element that you can have a hover state on and you can change the fill. Or do the leaves wave in the breeze or something and have some animation to them? You need you need to split it up then, you, you know. So you're 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 in a tough spot again. You know, hopefully you can find a way to do that performantly. But there's all kinds of stuff like that. Uh, that it's it's not just file size. It's like, well, what do I need to do with it? For your complex footers, that that is yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, that is interesting. I wanted to go back to you mentioned icon sets and maybe talk about or icon systems. Um, talk about that a little bit because I, I primarily work in React Native and recently went back to having to work on a React site. And so that's when I started dipping into SVGs again mm. and almost feel like I'm learning the web all over again, to be honest, after being on <laughs> React Native for a couple of years. So what is an icon system? I know this might be a basic question. And how would you use it? Well, it's... I mean, you can pretty much go on any website in the world and see and see a variety of icons. You just mm-hmm. literally anywhere. Go to Facebook, whatever. There'll be buttons that have little icons next to them. It'll say, buy now and have a little cart icon next to it or a plus icon. Or maybe that cart icon is up in the header because it's symbolizing a cart. And visually, you're gonna, when you see that, you're going to be like, oh, there's my cart. I'm going to click it. There's visual affordances that go along. With icons in such that it's not just a trend. Forever mm-hmm. on the web, there's been icons that, that have been used. It's just a it's just a staple of visual design. Like every site has icons. Like very weird to find a site that had no icons on it. You know? Yeah. So you need kind of some way to manage it. Like and everybody kind of does it in a unique way. But you know, I, f- I feel like maybe I don't know eight ten years ago they were like. 12 by 12 or 16 by 16 little tiny graphics and mm-hmm. they had like some complexity and gradients and shadows and stuff to a it's been a while since that's been in vogue I feel like <laughs> late lately icons are just a lot simpler they're just mm-hmm. little little flat graphics you know like go to the go to duct tapes fm and look at the audio player now you didn't put those icons in there you know you can see a an audio player there 
And the audio player has a little triangle for a play button and a little speaker icon for the speaker thing and stuff. But I just happened to be looking in Chrome. These aren't, mm -hmm. you didn't put these icons there, but Chrome is even saying icons are important in the browser UI for symbolizing actions and stuff. But if you look at that, those, the style of those things, they're just a triangle. It's just a, they're little tiny vector shapes. That's just been the standard for a long time because I think it's shaken out as like an effective way to do things. Not to mention, to draw a triangle with SVG is like three characters. <laughs> you know, it's like a, it's a little <laughs> bit longer than that, but it's so, so small and super efficient that nice. that not only is it a nice aesthetic and it works with a lot of websites and it works with changing styles, but it's also super performant websites. Or, you know, it's just easy to draw, you know. So a lot of, an icon system might, you know, there's probably 10 good ways to do it, you know. What was popular for a long time is put put these icons in a font and then load the font and then, like, the Ooh. A character isn't an A. <laughs> yeah. It's a it's a triangle instead. And that, mm -hmm. you know, there was some, some good and bad ways to do that, mostly bad. I, I hate to say it because there's problems with that font not loading and being wrong characters and being read as wrong content. Is that what Wingdings was and, born out of? Is that what Wingdings well, came from? Well, Wingdings is is good because it's a a real font where like it's not it doesn't map an A to a crazy star character. The crazy star mm -hmm. character just like is a crazy star character. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's like characters that are meant to. They're weird and they they're semantically representative of themselves. But yeah, it's a totally that you know. Mm -hmm. uh, but but these would be fonts that that weren't just like shipped that like natively on your system to be available. They're like you load them up like you would load up Roboto or Lato mm -hmm. or one of these popular fonts that um, you know that everybody uses today. But you'd load up your icon font instead. It's still you know it's still okay to do that. There's there's good ways to, to to pull that off but i'm just been an advocate for a long time of like why not use svg it's a language that's literally for this there's no hackery <laughs> involved it's perfect it's like and i think a lot you know like the world is on board not that i had anything to do with that but 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 i'm a fan oh i think you maybe spoke. a little yeah the world <laughs> listen chris <laughs> Well, that's uh, awesome. But so there's Is... a way to do it. You know, you, uh, you, you, I don't know, let's say you, you've, your designers have identified 30 icons that you should have. They probably are sitting in a folder somewhere in your project. They probably say, you know, there's playbutton.svg and mm -hmm. backarrow.svg and spotify.svg and whatever. And then sometimes you process them all together somehow. You make what's called an SVG sprite and use it that way. It's terrible podcasting stuff to get into, like how you do the an actual uh, uh, the SVG staple sprite. Of this podcast being terrible, but no, it's man, no, we have no visuals though. It's hard to get into the. Code. No, I know it's it's fun to do, but if you're 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 into React now, there's ways that are great yeah. for React to do that too. You can import, you know, you can use have your Webpack set up, import an SVG like it can import other JavaScript files or import. Uh, you know, JPEGs or CSS files, you know, Webpack mm -hmm. can be taught about all kinds of file formats. You can teach it about SVG too and say, hey, I need this file. So import back arrow as back arrow.svg or whatever, you know, and then just use it in, in, in your templates as, as you need to. And then, you know, you've got your code splitting and all that fancy crap. And Maybe the maybe the SVG just ends up in line right in the the component, like it's like a little piece of HTML that just gets slapped mm -hmm. in there. I'm a fan of doing it in that way, uh, rather than for the most part having it as a source for an image. 
Well, yes, definitely rather than as a source for an image. The problem with that is, let's say you really do have 20 uh, icons all over your page. If you were to make each one of them image source equals back button dot SVG or whatever, that's 20 HTTP requests for that page. And anytime you look at web performance, the whole goal of it is, well, not the whole goal, but a big deal is reduce the number of requests that you're making. Mm-hmm. Just reduce, reduce, reduce. And that's, you know, that changes a little bit now that HTTP2 is here and, and stuff like that. But still... Yeah, there's limits to it. And knowing that you don't have to make a network request for an image because it's baked right into the page, that's really efficient. That's there's awesome. no flashing that's going to happen. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a nice way to work. The alternative way to do it is to have, there's kind of like a, when I was talking about a sprite, rather than putting like the, co- the code that draws the triangle, which literally it would be an opening SVG tag, looks like with the angle brackets and stuff. And then there's probably a path element inside of that. And the path has its own little fancy mathematical syntax that's like, put the pen here, draw it to this coordinate, draw it to this coordinate, draw it to this coordinate, end element, end SVG. Cool, it'll now draw that little play button. Instead of that path element and that math sitting there right in that element, it can like be a reference to elsewhere. It can be like, mm-hmm. go go get that from this file. And that, or like somewhere else sitting on the page. So that was a common technique for a long time was have all those icons ready to go as like a chunk of SVG that you just embed in the document. And then anywhere you need to draw one of those icons, you say, I need the play button. Go get it from further down in the document, but draw it up here. So it's just kind of like a way to like cache icons essentially, hmm. but, but within the document itself. And you do that because it was friendly to IE. But you don't necessarily need to do that anymore. You can you can point uh, you can point that like go get this icon from this file. That way you got twenty icons on the page. You can draw all twenty of them with one network request instead of twenty network requests. You know, but to have zero is even better. I think. That's awesome. Is there are there like any tools or technologies that you love as much as you seem to love SVGs? Because I know John turned me on to one of your talks that you did. I think it was like an hour-long talk on like the 10 mm. things you can and should do with SVGs. And I'm about oh. halfway through that. And it's just it's just like gold. It's so cool and interesting. And it's really like getting me in the mood to explore more. But as far <laughs> as like being a front-end developer, is there something else that comes to mind that you have found like to be just as useful as SVGs seem to be? <laughs> well, sure. I mean... Uh, SVG like is, I don't tag. even, <laughs> yeah, well, it's something that solves an old problem so well. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, SVG was, is kind of a side quest for anybody. Like, I don't think anybody's like fully employed based on their, their SVG skills, unfortunately, mm-hmm. you know, like maybe a handful of people, but it's not really a, it's not really even talked about thing. job interviews. Yeah. It's just like, yeah. oh, cool. You know, a little SVG that's useful. We'll use that for our icon system kind of thing. But what's, but you know, in that related vein, SVG isn't really that different from HTML and CSS. And that's what, you know, my whole career is based on those things, you know? Yeah. And I feel like it's weird to, like, of course, HTML and CSS are involved in websites. They're literally involved on every single website in the I entire know. world. So mm-hmm. you should probably have some familiarity with those <laughs> things, you know? But it's funny that, you know, they, they, uh, they almost come in and out of vogue, almost, that, like, you know, you, you kind of time goes on and they you know they're laughed at for being old or weird or something and abstractions mm-hmm. come along everyone's and, still using them <laughs> yeah well ultimately everything ends up as them so i'm never too worried about that kind of thing but but certainly like if you know 
the excitement of SVG can be replicated through the excitement of CSS. Like CSS is even more fun because it's it's more practically useful everywhere. And, you know, I have just as much or more fun with that for sure. Well, maybe that's a good transition into CSSTricks.com. Mm. We can start talking about that because I'm I... Really, go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, I was just going to say... <laughs> I quickly realized that I know very little about CSS when I was working on this site. I think um, React Native convinced me that I'm a little bit better than I am at, at setting up designs. <laughs> but um, what was CSS Tricks born out of? Like, like what inspired you to get that site going? I mean, it was a, it's a bit, you know, it's not most of my life, but it kind of feels like it. It was most of hmm. my, most of my like technology-related professional life it has existed for, including. A long time ago, when I was a much younger man, and my life was very different, and 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 it was nothing, you know. I, I just to say that whatever CSS tricks like feels like today is a far cry from what it was when it was first created. You know, it's like 12, 13 years old now, you know. And I was, wow. I was, I was in my first job, my first tech job I ever got, and I spun it up and. Uh, it was even it was almost even before my first tech job you know it was uh i was <laughs> i had like a buddy who like worked in um technical support for a company that adobe outsourced support to so if you called huh. adobe for help and said like oh my indesign is crashing or whatever he'd be like <laughs> oh have you turned it back <laughs> on uh, turned it off and turned yeah, it back yeah. on yeah. or whatever <laughs> But he would have, you know, he would actually help you too and be like, well, let's check this setting and this setting and what's this and blah, blah, blah. And like, we didn't, this was like not the world's greatest idea, but it was an okay idea. I was like, what if we like made like indesignhelp.com and like some of the questions and crap you got from the day, you just like turned into blog posts and we made a website for that and then slapped a bunch of ads on it and then that would be like beer money like we're not going to get rich but like that'd be cool to like have so the a original side goal yet it really truly was and like let's make that site and this site and, that. and it was fun to build these sites and it was like let's build a network of sites you know let's build a whole bunch of them yay and css mm -hmm. tricks was just in the early days was one of those and it just the Ooh. other ones were boring and our hearts weren't in it and didn't do particularly well and ultimately got taken down because of you know, Adobe didn't like that idea anyway. So oh. uh -oh. only because of their names, not the spirit of it. But you know, you uh -huh. can't like you can't have a site that's called, you know, official Photoshop website. Yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> that's like not Adobe, okay, but better. Know? Yeah. <laughs> so um, I imagine the response to CSS tricks was probably pretty great, pretty quick, right? Because everyone's always trying to figure out. Well, CSS. I mean, I, mean, I am. The story is a little more nuanced than that, you know, like it was a, that at the time that it, I had started it, there wasn't that much to say about CSS. There's been a, there's been a lot, you know, this is post like CSS Zen Garden. I don't know if you've ever seen that, but that was like a seminal mm -hmm. moment in the history of CSS, which was here's like one HTML file and you're not allowed to touch it. Nobody touch it. It's just the way it is. And then different designers would submit designs with different CSS, and your job was to design the site, but and all you can change is the CSS. And the creativity there was absolutely incredible. Like, we don't mm -hmm. generally work that way today, right? If you want to change a class on some HTML, you just change it. 
And mm -hmm. I've worked that way forever. I've never not designed a site and not also changed the HTML and the CSS. But this site was trying to prove a point. It was that if you have nice semantic HTML with sensical class names on it, that's all the hooks you need to do basically anything with design. So it was like, you, you can have a crazy background, change all the fonts, change all the colors, change all the layout, do some incredible stuff, uh, and, and only with the language of CSS. And it was it was at a time when I feel like that's a little bit more obvious now. People realize they have a lot of control with styling and can do that. But at the time, people were like, I don't know, is this CSS thing any good? You know, like <laughs> should we? And it, and it, I feel like it changed the world's opinion about what CSS was capable of. Because all you had to do is go to the site and click around a few different designs to see the incredible things where people were doing uh, with just changing an HTML, a CSS file. And then that got locked in. So everybody's like, cool, CSS is good. But, you know, we were like in a time period of IE6 being the primary browser that everybody was using. And it wasn't evolving very quickly. The language, the browsers didn't move very fast. The standards really didn't move very fast. It just wasn't that exciting. It wasn't like every week they're like, what new API should we be learning next? You yeah. Know? That was not the vibe at all. It's like, we got what we got. It's kind of a mess, but let's write about it. You know? So there'd be like big, a popular article would be like, how to do rounded corners when you out, there is no border radius. And then people would have insane ideas of like, well, we'll put four spans inside this div and we'll absolutely position the you know if that even existed at the time we'll make it like a table <laughs> and we'll have the top yeah. table cell have just a tiny a few pixels of rounded corner as an individual graphic and we'll do mm -hmm. that in all four of the different corners and then we can have a button that has rounded corners but it can stretch you know because yeah. that was a amazing you know otherwise you just make the whole button a, a jpeg but we wanted to be like if you change buy now to buy right now it would stretch in the middle mm. and th that stuff is like not a problem these days you don't think about mm -hmm. that that's not a thing we have way weirder different harder problem <laughs> i say harder yeah. but they just they're harder in business scope and stuff than that anyway but i feel like that stuff was all before i got started and like all the that kind of had cemented in and we were in this kind of boring time of CSS and I was I, I was just discovering CSS so I would blog really dumb obvious stuff about CSS and it I was just a kid I was not some CSS genius I was not breaking new ground with what CSS was capable of I was just, just blogging, sharing what you know with people yeah just naive simple stuff and it did not blow up it but it, but people did read it sometimes you know even if i was rehashing something that was already existing thing i would just mm -hmm. credit it and say look this is an interesting thing isn't it but i'd be saying it in my voice and you know there was never any big growth moment but you do it long enough you know and i have you know i've installed google analytics on the site on 13 years ago or whatever it was <laughs> and i have the data from day one wow so i can look at that and there's no moment of particularly high you know it's after that long of analytics it's super stable and mm. it goes awesome. up over time but you know you know a little bit you know it's not I, even these days i can't count on to 2020 being a much higher traffic year than 2019 was for us i mean we really got to fight for it these days mm -hmm. Every year has new challenges, yeah. you know? They'll be like, I don't know, SEO changed a little bit. Or, 
now this other platform is giving us a run for our money because you know something or here's here's when medium showed up and then you know here's <laughs> and and so you know we pour more and more money into the site every year uh which is great and 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 hopefully extract a little bit more and hopefully grow a little bit but it's you know it's not, it's not a startup, you know. It's a it's a very yeah. it's a very modest publication. Then we fight for everything we got. Do you see an uptick in visits every time that IE comes out with a new version? <laughs> well, <laughs> IE's gone. It's now Edge, and, well, the, and I, even I, Edge I is the... Chrome. I think it'll if anything, it'll be less visits because you know there's yeah. there's nothing yeah. to know about Edge anymore. It's like it's just Chrome now. So. I got some targeted ad on Twitter the other day that said Edge is reworked and rethought and coming out with a whole new version and do I want to beta test it and all this stuff. And I'm like, man, I didn't know this was still around. You should totally beta test it, man. (laughs) No, I will. Um, That was a big deal for a long time. That cross-browser stuff was at the the very top of everyone's mind. What... How do we deal with cross-browser problems um, on the web? And we still do to some degree. It's still a thing. Mm-hmm. It's still a, oh, this is why is this weird in Firefox and not here and stuff. But very much less, very much less, and less and less. Almost every month, I feel like we, we you think about wow. it less and less. I, I mean, think. that's just great. That just anything to make it easier is is a good thing. And that was never one of my favorite problems to deal with. So I remember, I still remember Netscape versus IE. I'm old enough to remember, oh, to remember those wars. Um, anyway, I thought I'd point that out. I, I like to point out how old I am. Yeah. <laughs> I, I've been using CSS tricks, I feel like, ever since I started with CSS. And I started in my, my teenage years with like HTML and CSS and was like blown away. I've loved coding ever since. So thank you for doing that because it was a huge help for me. And then sure. I know the other thing that we know you from is CodePen and mm-hmm. CodeFout co-founder of CodePen and like how did that transition or start up because I've I've never like used that site consistently but I love it when like I'm looking for an answer and like I come across a stack overflow question that links Mm. to like a CodePen or like some example that I can actually see the code running and working so I mean that's a great right I mean that's 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 the point of it is what you just said is that you know it's not it's not a snippet of code that maybe works you know it's like you You see it right in front of your eyes. It kind of proves that it works or proves some kind of point, you know, with, with code. And it's really just HTML, CSS, and JavaScript and the preprocessor languages that you might be able to use there. And anything that runs in the browser. So you can, you know, you can write React or Vue or whatever else in there, too. You do, We don't have, like, you know, super exotic build processes that you can customize yourself. It's a little more limited to just, like, a pre-configured kind of, kind of setup. But... It's for writing code in the browser without having to spin up a local dev environment. You know, you just go here and work on stuff and save it and feel free to close your tab and come back later or share it or whatever. So it has this mm-hmm. public social vibe to it. And it's free. Yeah. Uh, and it, um, But it has pro plans. So there's a couple of minor things that, that you have to pay for. And that's, you know, so like if you're going to do something, but you absolutely have to keep it secret and not public then if you want to keep private things, then that's like a pro feature and you sign up, you know, just like every other app in the world that has a, it's a yeah. free, freemium, freemium setup. But the original mm-hmm. origin was CSS tricks related, which is, it's so nice in a blog post to have a live demo be like, here's what I'm Absolutely. trying to tell you. Now here it is actually executing 
not like here's a, some code and then just leave it at that. In fact, I don't think you could pull that off anymore in blogging. I don't. That's not good enough as a blog post. You'd be like, no, no, I need to see. You know, mm-hmm. you can't just give me a snippet. What, are you crazy? Yeah. You know, that was. <laughs> that's changing. You know, and and there was things that predated CodePen that were that were that did that same kind of thing too. So both JS Fiddle and JS Bin were around, which are both mm-hmm. still around. That have that same kind of vibe to them that focus on just the the raw front end technologies. And I was like, I, I, what I should do, or one option for me at CSS Tricks is to get all of my demos off of where I've built them, which in the early days, I would just make an HTML file and a CSS file and put them in a folder and FTP them up to the site. And mm-hmm. there's my demo. You want to look at my demo? Here's a URL to my demo. That's hard to maintain over time. And if you're a publication, right. you, need, you need maintenance. You need to be able to, and, and I wanted to brand them too. I want, you know, it'd be like, this is a CSS tricks demo. Here's a link back to the site. Here's a link back to the blog post that it's relevant towards. Here's a chunk of analytics code because I need to track this stuff. Maybe I'll put a foot. So it turned out I couldn't just put an index.html file in a folder and FTP it up. I had to make it an index.php file and have an include at the top of it that would include my special header and a special footer in the bottom so that my analytics code was in there. So if I needed to change my analytics code, I could do it in one place, not 500 places and whatever. Mm-hmm. But even the, so I made a little baby step forward there, but still not good enough. You, what do you click over to this demo <laughs> and then click back? Like nobody wants to do that. It's so much nicer to have a little portal right in the blog post that just is the demo, you know? But you can't, you don't want to have every single demo you write have to like fight the arbitrary CSS that exists on that page. Mm. It's nicer to have an iframe sitting there. The iframe is totally in, uh, independent of the world. But like, why not pretty up the iframe and be able to look at the code and the demo all together and all that? <laughs> so that, you know, that's where it came from. I was like, well, I, I don't, I, what I could do is just port them all over to JS Fiddle or whatever. Just because mm-hmm. that'd be better. That'd be better. Because then I could, at least put the demos right in the blog posts, have a really have that modern approach to technical blogging that everybody prefers. Right. But then what if what if they go out of business? What if I want to track <laughs> things in a different way? What if I want to put a freaking ad on the demo? I don't know. What if, I want to mm-hmm. have some control. So I built CodePen. I was going to just be an open source project just for me. So it's, you know, like a little version of the thing that I could control for CSS tricks. But, you know. I couldn't do it alone. I had some some technical guys help me, my co-founders that are still my co-founders today at the site. And we just were having a lot of fun building it and built it to be social right away and have accounts right. and all that. Yeah. And it just, it just the, the idea of it blew up, you know, in our minds. We're like, let's go all in on this. Let's quit our jobs. Let's do the startup thing, you know. And even that was like eight years ago. So it's not exactly a, a, a new <laughs> wow, thing. Wow, so that... Is that the site that has become your primary business and source of oh, income? Uh, oh, yeah, absolutely. Wow, I, I, I didn't realize that. That's great. Yeah, it's much. It's ten times bigger than than CSS Tricks is as far as like t- traffic and and, mm-hmm. and wow, revenue nice. and yeah, it's just a it's a legit thing with full time employees and the whole the whole thing. Now it does. I'm proud of it and it does great. But at the same time, we're not. You know, <laughs> I think we all wish after this long of putting. You're in, you know, incredible founder hours into this, you know, yeah. this thing that we are a little closer to like some kind of end game scenario. But it's, you know, 
not not like selling it or but just like oh, we, I just think we're like oh my gosh is this it's a, just a slog you know <laughs> every day of of you know what what should we be building what's you know I don't know it's just a an interesting kind of mental pressure. But that's right. that's awesome. You guys are still sticking to it. Yeah, you got you know it's it, it is it's 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 fighting the fight in a way and we've we've done okay and i'm sure we'll end up just fine but it's great it's, it's a lot it's a it's a gray hair inducing endeavor that's for sure <laughs> so are you guys constantly just coming up with with new features to add or, or with something like that like where does the i mean i know that there's obviously always going to be bugs but where does the constant work come from for something like code pen oh yeah you just it, I think this is fascinating because there are so many. I, I have this feeling all the time when I look at other people's apps. I'm like, why do you even do anything? Like, this is a great little app. Just, <laughs> right. Why? Like, yeah. Just go on vacation. Yeah, what it seems you, like it should you, be taken care of itself. Doing at all? And then, but when you ask them, they're like, ha, 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 ha. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. That's true. Uh, and it's been, it's been a yeah, right week uh, for us, for sure, because there's like, Monday morning we got up and Cloudflare had changed something and people couldn't save their pens and it was like a big thing. Mm. So we had to like figure out what was going on there and make sure it was fit. We had little support emergencies all the time. Then there was some thing, some database query that went crazy and it, you know, it, it, it took down the site for some people for some minutes. So we had to work on that. But of course, you know, so that's just like one off like emergency stuff that happens. Mm. But at the same time, we're like, okay, we need to, we need some very long term vision for the site as well. So that when you wake up in the morning, you're not like, what are we even doing? Are we just yeah. like putting out fires or what? No, no, you have to have some goal in mind and you have to share right. and communicate that goal to everybody so that we mm -hmm. know what we're doing here we're taking little baby steps towards a bigger future so there's that too so we have that going on uh and you know we're trying to adjust our roadmap and keep people on track and all that stuff towards those bigger goals and some of that stuff is little little pieces that you're going to ship that you know maybe nobody even sees it but lays groundwork towards that thing so it's like a release that's maybe nobody even notices it but it's there or maybe they do notice it but and they're like that's kind of neat but i don't you know like cool cool little feature but to us it's like mm, just wait though that's a little <laughs> yeah. that's something that fuels something it's else it's going to fuel mm -hmm. something else it's going to fuel something else and we're rearchitecting things because like that long of existing as an app the technology choices that you make in like whatever you know 2012 are very different than technology choices that you make in 2019 mm -hmm. they're not totally incompatible but but you know people just like expect a little bit more of apps and the d developers that work on your site expect a little more i think it would be hard to it might be a little hard to hire somebody and be like i don't know it's just a ho-hum rails app and yeah. we're not going to change anything you know like i don't know like i'm sure you could find workers but i think it, it excites the people that work for you if you're like no we're gonna you know this is we're, we're morphing to a react app and it uses apollo exactly. graphql as an api and it's just a little bit more fun to work it and we can look at that and be like this is working for us in a way mm -hmm. we're able to move and evolve more quickly we're able to have a more consistent ui that's easier to evolve we can build features but there was this pendulum kind of thing where starting to re-architect your site there's a whole bunch of work you have to do where you're not doing anything else you're not shipping new front-end features you're not it feels like you're just standing still but you're not really you're architecting things slowly and you know it we're starting to come out on the other side of that and be like this is now we have some momentum here like mm -hmm. the re-architecture 
wasn't just for fun. Now we're starting to ship features a little quicker and ship, ship things a little more solid and have less bugs because this architecture of working in React components, as you probably know, is a little sturdier mm-hmm. than like a, a, some jQuery crap of the past where you might wake up to a bug because somebody changed a class name on some div and some <laughs> event handler and five other files was wrong. You like you can't make those same mistakes. There's not that not that React apps are free of bugs. They're certainly not, but they're they're just a little sturdier. Like these days, there's more tests. You know, mm-hmm. there's unit tests and integration tests and visual tests and all this end-to-end tests, all this stuff that like sturdifies an app. So we have that kind of work going on too. That's so and exciting. we have like a we need there's you know just day-to-day customer support and you know what if you know we should be you know talking to our users and finding out what their needs are and trying to evolve things towards those needs. You know, thank God HTML and CSS and JavaScript are still totally necessary yeah. technologies yeah. that you need to learn. But what if they went totally out of vogue, you know? Like it was it was CodePen was, you know, there's tons of pens that were used SAS like in the in, in the most of the history of CodePen and still a lot do, but SAS isn't that like exciting to people anymore. Like they don't people don't care as much about that, mm-hmm. you know. But they might care about something else. Uh, that's newer and we need to like support that future too so some of the stuff we have to like slowly evolve like what can we do to you know make sure that we have tooling that front-end developers kind of think about and need as we evolve you know well that's Uh, anyway there's something I wanted to ask from you and I guess this kind of relates back to CodePen and just working on that business is like do you sit down and like start developing every day or are you handling mostly business stuff and then for the times you do get to develop, like I was wondering, what, what are your favorite like tools or technology to use? Or do you still mm. love working in CSS the most? Or is there something else that's kind of taken the place of that? Or um, Yeah, I do do development work every day. Kind of unfortunately. No, it's not. A, I, I still like it. But I just feel like the, how many times have you met people or heard the sentiment like oh they made me a manager and i just don't like managing i wish i could just develop all day right that's the story of my life it's like a cliche story right yeah absolutely hey make me a manager please oh my god i want to be a man you know because they're (laughs) at (laughs) we're what that symbolizes is health and growth of a company where you have a bunch of employees that need management Mm -hmm. like we're like Yes. You know, I get that sentiment. Like, I hope someday I have this feeling like, oh, gosh, I wish I could get back to the code because I have 10 direct reports and I'm sick of management. Like, to me, that's such a great problem that I cannot wait to have it. (laughs) We don't have enough people where that matters. You know, like it's it's like it's like I feel like I'm getting older. I'm not that old. I'm not even 40 yet, but but it's getting there. And. And I like I want that experience at some point in my professional career is to be at a place that like ha, ha, things are so going so obviously well enough that I have a team of people under me that we're working together towards a thing. You know, I have that a little bit now, but we don't make enough money to have mm-hmm. to hire out a big team to do all this thing. Mm-hmm. So a lot of us is just the struggle of building up momentum at all to have a staff like that. Gotcha. Uh, you know what I mean. I'm yeah. not. I'm, I feel like I'm whining a little bit, but no, that'll be a all. great problem to have. You Sounds know? like ideally you'd be printing out emails and reading them and then shredding them, and then leaning back <laughs> yeah. in the chair and yeah. laughing. Give me at some the of window. that gnarly CEO <laughs> yeah. stuff. Yeah. yeah, that'd be great. 
spending some like of that not, beer money. You know, we're so small that we don't even really have or think about those titles. Mm. I don't even know if I technically am CEO. I don't think I am. I think I'm the treasurer or something. Like, <laughs> like I don't, I don't know what I am. That might know? be a better job to have, depending. <laughs> Yeah, but anyway, so you know, uh, yeah, I love writing CSS, but we don't, you know, we don't. I don't know. I, I probably write a little CSS every day to okay. some degree, um, but a lot of our work is like is React components and mm. stuff gotcha. and, in in that ecosystem. So there's probably more of that work that needs to get done. But even while you're in there, you know, you're you're touching lots of different stuff. We're touching SVG and touching CSS and yeah, mm. that's awesome. So that kind of stuff. answers my next question. I was gonna. I was gonna ask you if you had any recommendations for like a new developer or even just a very junior level developer who wants to get into front end development specifically. Like, what should they be learning first, or like what, I guess, tools or sure. techniques or like besides the obvious HTML, CSS. I suppose if somebody wanted to go down like the JavaScript JavaScript track, they could certainly do that, and that's a whole <laughs> field in its own mm -hmm. these days. Um, but I guess if you were going to hire a new engineer, what would you look for? Or just generally speaking to get your advice on that? Sure. Yeah, I try not to be like crazily overly opinionated about the particular tech that somebody digs in with. Because to some degree, I, I like don't care really. Cause I, I started with a really, you know, weird way into tech that, you know, would be fine for somebody now too, but it wouldn't isn't as common these days and kind of doesn't matter. Like it's something, you know, there's a, there's an answer to this question that is you should, you, like you said, you should obviously learn HTML and CSS and whatever. Like, but do I think that's practical? Like if I was starting a, if I was banking my future on it and starting a code school and saying, you know, come to uncle Chris and we're going to learn <laughs> web development, would my curriculum be let's learn HTML and CSS on day one? Mm. It's so tempting to say that we, yes, that that's where we'll start. Mm -hmm. And I think I might be wrong. I think that might not be the way to do it these days. Not that those aren't amazing things that I think you should learn, but especially if I'm like trying to get you out the door in less than six months, I think we might have to like step up the abstraction a little bit right away and mm -hmm. get going. I've seen a curriculum that started with Git that was pretty effective mm -hmm. because Ooh. the students learned Git right away, and then they were pretty comfortable with like pulling down new code and pushing up their code. That was pretty cool because they don't know anything, nothing. Mm -hmm. So Git isn't even weird to them because everything's weird. Right. So they learned <laughs> Git first. Then they pulled some repos that a teacher had ready, and they uh, did some Node stuff. They didn't even know what, what Node is or why Node matters. It didn't matter because they were just writing some JavaScript. They're getting used to the language of JavaScript. So their little Node files just ended in .js, and they were like 2 plus console.log, 2 plus 2. And then at the terminal, which they already knew because they learned Git at the terminal, mm -hmm. would be like Node my file.js and they'd see the log happen in the terminal and they'd be like it's four and <laughs> that's they'd be a like, cool way to start wow <laughs> you wrote some node code and so yes you're learning the syntax of javascript and they'd write a little function and blah blah blah, blah. and they didn't even like it wasn't weird because nothing's weird yet you know and then by the time you like jump into the browser and you learn a little html then you can have javascript too and be like you know that javascript code that you wrote in node that totally runs in the browser too mm. It was kind of a cool curriculum. I'm not even sure if that's what we'd do either. My intro to all this was to inst just to 
without knowing anything at all, try to install a WordPress site and then customize it to my liking. Maybe we do that. Because then it's like, wow, there's a lot going on here, but it works. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's a website. Mm-hmm. It's the whole charade. It's like if you're going to have a guitar school, do you teach them scales on day one? Like it's tempting to say yes, but you're probably better off teaching them a freaking Jack Johnson song mm-hmm. or whatever because it's way more fun. Right. Yeah. It's a yeah. whole song then, and then you can go from there. That's just another way into it. We could do a Gatsby site. We could do Create React app. We could do whatever. It really doesn't matter what your intro is because it's gonna be, everybody's is going to be weird anyway. So just learn some crap. Give yourself some stakes. Mm-hmm. Learn, learn some technology and, and keep going. Nice. That's a great answer and not one I actually expected. So I actually, you. yeah, I went, I went to a, a code school and it was shockingly similar to what you described. We did what just one week of HTML, CSS, and then it was into Git, into Node, and then into React. So awesome. that's that's kind of kind of funny. That would be such a fun start. Yeah, code school is now defunct. So <laughs> sorry, everybody. Oh, no. <laughs> it was so good it went out of business. Oh man. But I got my job. Nice. So, so I'm fine. <laughs> That's funny. That's a fascinating world to watch, isn't it? I almost feel like there should be like a couple of like dedicated reporters mm-hmm. in the United States or worldwide watching this industry because I don't think I don't think there's a journalistic yeah. eye on it like there should be because it is fascinating. Over it's the last two years, billions it of dollar industry. I know. I know. They explode, but they also it explodes. But then a bunch of them die, and mm-hmm. the new ones start. And some of them seem to be thriving, and some of them seem to not be able to make a nickel. And some of them want to pay you to go there, and some of them charge a hundred thousand dollars. And oh yeah, I haven't seen Lambda School. That's the new like controversial new one where they oh. it used to be free, and then they take some of your salary after you're done. And now it's so extreme that they'll pay you. <laughs> Wow. I, I'm skeptical. I don't know why. It just doesn't seem like <laughs> Well, that. I think everybody is, right? <laughs> yeah. But but it's 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 depending on and you know, I've heard mostly good things, but it, that's why I feel like there needs to be like journalism on this stuff cuz it's, mm-hmm. it's so interesting to see uh bubble and burst, that's for sure. <laughs> Dude well, I have asked all of my high techie techie questions. Yeah, I, I was looking at the <laughs> do it. Okay, so we all we try to keep things very casual and fun on the duct tapes. So I wanted to ask because I noticed in your Twitter bio that you refer to yourself as a lol dad. And while he claims <laughs> to not know what it is, John has also referred to himself, at least in writing, as a lol dad before. Well, so. because I, I was called a lol dad, and I'm I guess oh, I'm so it? I'm so dad. You're gonna have to tell me what it means. I, I'm not sure that I actually know. Really. I didn't know. Somebody somebody works like, hey man, so you're a lol dad, right? Ha ha ha. And I was like, I guess. I mean, I don't know. Probably. That's awesome because uh, I have no idea. Yeah. Does anybody know? <laughs> You well, you only have so many characters in there, and I feel like some professional responsibility to actually list this crap that I do so mm-hmm. that you know. If, if Twitter is your way of if seeing me for the first time, I feel like i got to mention CodePen first because that's my thing. And then I'm going to mention CSS yeah. Tricks, and then I'm going to mention my podcast, and then I have precious few characters left to tell you what I do. So I went with uh, Primary Hobby, and then I wanted to put Dad, but I, but I, I worry about the doing the, like, 
husband, Christian, <laughs> father, meh. you know, like that's a, like a little played out. I didn't yeah, want to like yeah, list the one that. word. <laughs> I know, I just couldn't do it. So just putting dad was not right. So it's just, I just wanted to be like, I don't know, I'm like a fool dad, you know, I'm like a whatever. I, I, I'm in it for the jokes, you know? Yeah. That's awesome. Well, then I'll Dude. be a little dad too. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I'll take the title as well. I'm also okay. a husband. Let's all be father, all dads. And no, I'm a coder. Yeah. <laughs> I'm really glad we had this conversation, though, because that was the other thing I wanted to ask you about, Chris. Your your own podcast, um, Shop mm. Talk, right? Right. Yeah. Okay. Also that... ancient. Uh, it predates CodePen. It's been around oh, so long. Oh my gosh! Well, that's super cool. I was wondering, um, like, please feel free to share about that if you want to, or like, when do you release new episodes on that? Is it? No, a... they're a direct competitor. I'm gonna I'm gonna edit oh this part gosh. out. No. <laughs> <laughs> <I'm just kidding. laughs> No, let's talk no, about we, it. No, we, I like that. I like crossover <laughs> stuff, you know? Yeah, we'll have to have you on the show uh, uh, soon yeah, here. That'd be, be awesome. fun. Mm-hmm. We used to do that on purpose. We had, like, special music for it when we would do a crossover episode, you know? Ooh. Like, you know, yeah. like, when, like, the CSI Miami was when oh people gosh. went on regular CSI, you know? Like, yeah. Cool, cool. Or, or, like, when the, the 90210 <laughs> characters went on Melrose Place. Come yeah, on, Yeah, crazy <laughs> crossover, yeah. Come on, lol dad. That's some lol dad shit, yeah. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Uh, we just, we just, it, 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 it's, it's low stakes stuff. Like this seems to me, you know, like, mm. I don't know, sounds fun. Let's do it. Yeah. And so it's not a big part of, uh, Dave or I's career. It's just fun. I like to talk with him. It's, uh, it's, it's cathartic. If we didn't make a dime doing it, I don't know if we'd be doing it anymore, but we'd still, we, but maybe we would because it's so fun to just talk to each other and talk with people in the industry and stuff. And that's all it is. Every choice we've made over the years is like, how can we do like as little as possible? Right. To, you know, to keep this thing going. You know. After after starting, uh, yeah, after we started this podcast, that quickly kind of became the goal. Is like, wow, yeah. you can really end up doing a lot for a podcast. How do we just oh, make yeah, this efficient and not do too much? Mm-hmm. I'm so jealous of the podcast that can do that. They clearly have this like long editing process. Like they have a, oh a story they want to tell, yeah. and they interview ten people. And they interject little moments and they read snippets and stuff. You're like, that's a week of work easily mm-hmm. yeah. to get all that to, together. And so then to, to, to me, if I'm like trying to like make that my career, I'm like, okay, then I need to make, I don't know, well, I don't know with all the people involved, let's say we got to sell sponsors worth $10,000 on that show then. Yeah, good luck. Yeah. <laughs> I know. <laughs> You know, like the economics of it just don't work out in this niche. You know, I think you need to have like a big time comedy podcast or something where the Mm -hmm. numbers are just high because there's a ton of people in tech. Like, I think go at it, like go after it. I think you can do it. Like if you have some goals for the show, like I'm not saying don't go after it, go after it. But you have you have a steep amount of competition out there. These kind of shows like you and I do where you just hit record, you hit stop and you publish it. Mm -hmm. They're just they're. They're interesting, but they're not at that same level as somebody who can spend a week putting together a storyline and all. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. yeah, for the initial episodes, I was like, I'm gonna put in sound effects for the whole episode, and I I did that twice, <laughs> and, and it, did. It, it, yeah, it was like <laughs> eight hours each episode. I'm like, I can't do yeah. this. Like, it's not sustainable or good. So, what is the point? But <laughs> yeah, we used to do sound effects too. We, uh, it was kind of a big part of the early days of the show, but we didn't do it in post. We did it. We piped them right in. Oh, see, that, that's have the way to do it. Yeah. We need yeah, a soundboard. We, we got a little, little soundboard. Yeah. Work for us. It's, 
yeah, you you might as well. It's 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 a fun little thing. You have some little hook, you know. Yeah. Awesome. But anyway, but podcasting is great. It's still a, it's still an early medium. I still think I still think it's For sure. just I I I'm just couldn't be more optimistic about it as a thing, especially because of the the advertising possibility mm-hmm. of it is so good. It's like these hosts that you trust already because you like their thing and their ads flow really naturally into the show. They're easy to skip for people that don't want to hear it, mm-hmm. but the ones that do hear it are really influenced. I feel like half the shoes I buy and crap, all I the razors from podcasts all the time. Yeah. For real, I have literally a podcast bed, a podcast toothbrush, a podcast razor, podcast shoes. Yeah. Dude. I got That's it so all. That's so true, though. I mean, and I felt that way first about YouTube when, like, YouTube was, I don't know, like, really growing. I think this was, like, five years ago or something. Like, the influencers, you have, like, a genuine connection with your audience. Or the audience feel that way about the influencers. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure which way it comes more from. But I, I love doing the podcast because you can, like, get to know your community. Mm-hmm. And... I like our kind of podcast because you can have like guests on and just like have a normal conversation. And maybe there's this like, I guess in the tech world, some developer or some engineer or programmer you want to get to know or maybe you admire and you can just like tune in for an hour and get to know them. And so sure. that's why I love doing this thing with John. So Yeah. I think people you can realize be like, that- Especially in our industry, you can be like, how's Thursday at noon? Yeah. yeah. That's, fine. <laughs> exactly. that's great. That's yeah. fine. Good luck getting somebody else. Like, try to have a, I don't know, like a construction podcast or something. Like, how's Friday at noon? Be like, yeah. I'm at work. Yeah. yeah. Or you yeah. Try, or try to interview authors. They're like, I'll give you five minutes while I'm in a tunnel in a limo sure. or something. Oh, you know, my gosh. that's not going to happen. But we're, that that's what's nice about this tech niche is that ev- literally everybody says yes. Mm-hmm. You, could, yeah. you just ask anybody. I don't think like, oh, we, sure, we've had sure. anyone say no. No. Yeah. I mean, we've, we've, yeah. had, some, we've <laughs> had some no responses, but. Uh. Oh, well. It was, dude, I've been so, like, thank you for coming on. And, like, mm. the last five interviews we did, like, every, everything's just so cool. But before those five, the guests were terrible. <laughs> no, that's what she's saying. No, that's not what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, Chris, we do like to ask everybody the same question at the end of our episodes. Um, okay. And we get a variety of answers. And you're not allowed to say, I don't have an answer. Because people have tried that. <laughs> and we don't let them, we don't let them leave. Not anymore. First, yeah. First of Mistakes. all, um, what do you listen to while coding if you listen to any music and second what or who is your favorite band and it could just be today we won't hold you to it if it changes but this moment this is really fun uh, I, I, I wish I wish I could screenshot your face when you said that it yeah. did not indicate uh, this is fun terror, terror well it's just like gosh I should I feel like I should go to my like recent listening history and pick somebody amazing you know that counts um, I, I cannot listen to music at all when I either code or write or and oh, pretty much anything all day hmm. which sucks because I love music I get home and yeah. I put on music right away we cook to music and clean like it's a it's a big part of our house There's, mm. we listen to music every day but my brain just cannot deal with two things at once that like ask for my attention so I know some people can get away with the like well then I just listen to classical or some kind of beats thing with no lyrics or whatever right. that works for me it, nothing works nothing so oh, it's wow. it's, oh, it's dead silence which makes me kind of a shitty office partner kind of because <laughs> yeah. people I've, I've worked in offices where every you know they, the office mate will come in and throw on tracks right away and I'd be like oh man and I can't say anything because I'm like you're doing this is amazing that we, we have this cool job that we can like just play whatever yeah. music we want all day so I'd never say anything but it was always like a little frustrating to me anyway uh, 
I'm gonna go with uh, Gregory Allen Isakoff as my as my favorite musician right now. Just a just a Whoa. just a solo dude, and he's just really good. It's worth looking at. I have never heard of him. Is it singer songwriter stuff? Yeah, yeah, um, but not like not like it doesn't. It's not, you know, he's not like Bob Dylan. It's not a folk <laughs> thing. But it's but ask you know. Well, you know, we I, just had I, I, I had a discussion the other day with someone in the office where I think that Bob Dylan is pretty overrated. So, oh, hot take, hot take. <laughs> well, I guess I should say I probably would, would just never put his music on. So take that how you want it, everybody. <laughs> Sorry, duckheads. Anyway, dude, I'll John, it, I'll, John I'll loves his music. He's way more knowledgeable than I am about everything musical. It feels like awesome, which stinks because you know I actually love music too. Just mm-hmm. to share with you. She loves Bob Dylan. No, I think, yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm ambivalent. So okay, that's... we'll take it. Uh, well, Chris, thanks so much for coming on. This has been fun. We should do it again soon. We should plan the, really the crossover awesome. episode. Um, yeah, let's do that. We'll be nine hundred two one zero. Great. Anything you want to? I don't know, share or like. Yeah, what do you want to plug? When does Twitter? shop talk drop? Um, well, we don't even have seasons or anything. We just do it every single Monday forever. So nice. It's, it's a little the the beat goes on on that show. Jeez, you know. Yeah. But it's easier to sell ads that way. You're like, I don't know, pick a Monday. That's when we'll sell it. Yeah. yeah. There so, you go. And it's pretty low pressure. But of course, Code Pen Pro is usually my big pitch. So mm-hmm. check it out. There's a bunch of features you get for it. That's the number one way to support me and what's going on and and everything. So so hopefully there's features that are compelling to you. But even if they're not, just buy it, buy it anyway. Yeah. 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 Try it out for a month. <laughs> see if you like it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Follow follow you on Twitter, Chris Coyer, right? Yeah. If you don't like it, I'll give you a dollar back. Whoa, it sounds like uh <laughs> sounds like awesome. a Lambda school. He's gonna pay you to yeah. try it out. Oh boy. Now we know who's behind it. All right, Chris. We'll really appreciate it. Thanks for coming on. Sure, yeah. Cheers. We'll see you later. All right. See you, dude. All right. That was a really fun interview. I know, man. Chris was great. Yeah. His facial expressions too. You guys couldn't see, but I really appreciated yeah. that he video chatted with us. Yeah. This. When we hit him with a music question, he when he's <laughs> that, that was so funny. He's like, "This is fun." <laughs> I guess you could probably tell in the tone of his voice too. His face did not say that it was fun. Um, you presented that question so well, though. It was like firm and serious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That he had to have an answer. I'm for tired it. of it. And and he still somehow got away with not having an answer. Like. Well, that kind of was his answer, yeah, unfortunately. I guess I guess I don't accept that people listen to nothing. <laughs> it's he would he could never work with me, not oh, on my team. Um, but yeah, so follow Chris on Twitter, Chris Coyer. Yeah. Check out the Shop Talks podcast. Sign up and for a Pro Copen. Yeah, make sure you guys check it out. Apparently, they have all kinds of cool features yeah. coming out. It sounds like. I know. I'm going to be paying more attention in the future. It was so funny when he was laughing when I was like, so what do you guys actually do? If, the, if, Copen, if it looks the same all the time. Um, and then uh, CSS Tricks, which I'm sure everybody out there has probably already been to yeah, they uh, already multitude got a multitude of times. Bookmarked, it's man. constantly the top <laughs> search result uh, when I use Google for anything CSS. Me too. Uh, and on top of that, um, follow me on Twitter, if you can spell my name. John Hoppenthal. I'm not going to spell it. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to see how dedicated you guys are. My, my, I've been below 70 for a long time, guys, so I'm, I'm assuming you, you can't spell up. my name. Yeah, you got to do it. Tiffany, right. they can find you where? You can find me on Twitter at Talama Vale. Mm. That is my gamer name, but usually I am on Twitch That's live right. streaming with Team Talama. Right, and I still am unsure what Twitch is. <laughs> 
What? <laughs> no, I, I know that it's a streaming service, but uh, Twitch.tv slash Team Talma. Yeah. You can come code. Well, everybody does their stream differently, mm. but I do educational development streams. Okay. So right now we're actually building a community website with Gatsby. So that's, well, that's really cool. cool. I'll be reusing storybooks like for reels for the first time. <laughs> and yeah, that'll be really exciting. So come join us. Fun stuff. Check that out. All right, guys. Uh, we will see you later. In the next one. Yeah. Bye. Peace out. Quack.